Dave Miet Insurance is a full-service independent insurance agency since 1958, offering auto, home, life, health, business, and commercial policies, serving the East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, and River Parishes. Dave Miet Insurance is your one-stop insurance specialist. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMietInsAgency.com. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I am your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM on your radio dial. Don't forget again, iHeartRadio app, tune in radio up our digital platforms, again, where you can catch the program, take it with you anywhere. You're mobile with, again, the iHeart and tune in radio apps. NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. Don't forget about our social media platforms, at Eric underscore Asher on X. Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram, and now on Threads. 
Our podcast is everywhere. Anchor, Spotify, our home base, on all podcasting platforms. Search Inside New Orleans Show, and you'll find that easily. Don't forget about the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports this week. Gary Smith of NOLA.com, the Times-Picune, the Advocate, and, of course, the Wave Report will be one of our guests. Renee Nato of CrestedySports.com will be the other. We'll cover Saints, LSU, Tulane, and Pelicans this week. Uh, and, of course, as always, check us out on WLAE-TV. Every Thursday at 1 o'clock with our live broadcast and then also live streaming on the WLA-TV uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and then here come the rebroadcast. Set your DVR and you'll never miss the show. 6 p.m. on LAE every Thursday night, 10 o'clock on the Deuce. That's WLA-TV 2. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television. That's statewide. 10 o'clock on WLAE-TV. And then Saturday morning on the Deuce, Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Again, Renee Nato of CrestedySports.com, Gary Smith of NOLA.com, and the Wave Report are our guests. Our guest today, a little bit different. Uh, celebrity Chef Scott Craig is taking the day off. He's got an event he has to um, has to host. So, again, uh, we will have Sean Bazan at 435, our normal time slot for Sean. Uh, but Christopher Dotson of Basketball News is going to come in at 515. He'll talk Pelicans. And then Les Cease of CrestedySports.com will join us at 535. We'll talk Saints, LSU, Tulane, and Pelicans with him. So we got a full show for you today brought to you by our friends at, again, the Katie's Family of Restaurants. Katie's Restaurant in Mid-City, where, again, Mama Mary's Meatloaf is on the menu every single Wednesday. Also at Francesca by Katie's on Harrison Avenue and Bienvenue on Hickory. So if you love, again, good comfort food, fantastic meatloaf, Again, get on over to Katie's, Francesca by Katie's, or Bienvenue on Hickory every Wednesday for lunch, and they got you covered. Of course, tonight is steak night. That means what? That means, again, an 8-ounce filet, fully loaded baked potato, vegetable that is accompanied with either a Rekha Vodka or a Hendrix Gin Martini. 30 bucks. Can't beat it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, again, always, again, fantastic uh, menu for you. Pizzas from that Brooklyn Stone-style pizza oven that are award-winning. Uh, gourmet poor boys. Always fresh Louisiana seafood. New Orleans Creole cuisine at its finest. Rated number one neighborhood restaurant by Gambit New Orleans Magazine. That is a perennial award that goes to Katie's. And you can always see Scott on the small screen, whether it's Food Network's Donna's Driving to Dive reruns or, again, uh, uh, as, as part of his, uh, being a restaurant tour. And, again, a leader when it comes to uh, the LRA, uh, the, uh, one of the go-to guys, uh, one of the go-to chefs or restaurateurs when, again, the uh, local media wants to interview someone about what's happening in the hospitality industry. Lunch and dinner every single day, uh, seven days a week. Sunday brunch on Sunday for you. That, again, that starts at, that starts at 11 o'clock. It goes all the way to 3 p.m. Remember, Katie's is now open till 6 p.m. every Sunday. Uh, they've they've enhanced the breakfast dishes on on their um, um, on their br- on their brunch menu, but also morphing into a dinner menu. So again, if you're looking for a, a place to go have Sunday dinner, do it over at Katie's Katie's Restaurant in Mid City. Francesca by Katie's on Harrison Avenue. Uh, it's 5:15 to be exact. Uh, have you been? Hottest restaurant in the city. Delicious sides, daily specials, award-winning pizza. Yes, what's been called New Orleans' best burger. Fantastic poor boys. The muffalas are outstanding. And, of course, the St. Louis Deli with New Orleans flair with sandwiches and, and sodas that come from St. Louis. Um, Scott's mother-in-law has a lot of recipes uh, that are on the menu. Don't forget about the family meals that will feed your family a wholesome, nutritious meal if you're a family on a go. And you'll always have, uh, have, have uh, le- leftovers uh, for maybe the next day or later on. And check the deli.com is how you find out more. Uh, if you want to get Scott to cater your next event at either Katie's in the second floor, Francesca by Katie's, or Bienvenue on Hickory, where you can rent out the entire restaurants or have, again, them bring the catering to you. It's SCOT at Katie's in Mid-City.com. And remember, 
Francesca Bacchetti's 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Bienvenue on Hickory, no longer a secret. Open seven days a week. Their Sunday brunch is back. They've enhanced the menu now with Katie's Pizza, fresh fish, pasta, and, of course, daily specials for you. Soup, salads, and always, again, contemporary Creole cuisine. Great southern dishes for you as well. they got a fantastic menu. Check it out at bienvenueharahan.com. With the cool snap coming in this weekend, dine indoors, dine outdoors, and, of course, don't forget about catering. SCOT at Katie's in MidCity.com. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Get out there and enjoy a fantastic meal at one of the Katie's family of restaurants. Don't forget, every every Thursday at Katie's is pizza night. That means $13 pizza on the world-famous, again, award-winning pizza from Katie's. That is dine-in only. That's dine-in only. All right. Gave you our guest list. Um, want to talk a little bit about something that was said this week that always seems to ring from, from players and from coaches when they get on a little bit of a losing streak, right? You know, I hear coaches and players say all the time, there's no reason to panic after a string of losses. We hear this all the time. In the case of Dennis Allen, he was saying this on Monday, right? In a way, he's correct, okay? Two and two in the, after the first quarter of the season, when you feel like you should have been three and one or four and oh, based on, again, the town on this team, and, and then, of course, the, the opening schedule in the first quarter, um, again, Losing two in a row, one of those games being a division game, uh, it, it counts a little bit more, right? Uh, especially conference and division losses. Again, they 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 really hurt you in terms of the schedule. And the Saints also lost a home game, so panic, no. But there are trends to be concerned about here, and that's the issue. And some of the things that we thought were cleaned up from last year, and it just hasn't done, hasn't been that way, you know. Uh, I've said, it, I've said it my entire career. Training camp is fool's gold, okay? It's fool's gold. And the reason why it is, and I've said this over and over again, you're a veteran, you're playing across again, either a rookie or another veteran, whoever it is, okay? Uh, there, there may be a, 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 a learning curve there, right? But most of the time, a veteran playing against the same veteran they played against or, or, or practiced against over the last few years, last few seasons, they know the tendencies. They know the strengths, they know the weaknesses, they know the go-to moves. Again, they know what they can get away with, what they can't get away with with that player. So in a lot of cases, again, you look better than maybe you really are at training camp. That's why, again, I've always been in favor of uh, the scrimmages, the controlled practices with other teams. Because you get a chance to be able to practice against other teams, and then you really get to be able to, again, measure yourself up against that other team, depending on how good they are, right? But again, these trends have continued. Some of those trends have continued since last season since last season. Again, we're not going to go back to the Peyton years. We want to, we, you're going to look at this in a capsule of when Dennis Allen took over as head coach. Red zone offense, the inability to score in the red zone. With all the talent at the disposal of Carmichael and Carr, they're still struggling. Okay, they're still struggling in the red zone. We went through it, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about it on this program really since, again, the, the offseason. When we went through, again, the, the, the type of players that they have, Michael Thomas is healthy. Rashid Shahid is a, is a blur, okay? Well, Chris Olave is fast and can catch the football. Uh, you, you look at, again, bringing back Jimmy Graham, who should be a weapon in the red zone. Alvin Kamara is one of the best, again, in the NFL in the red zone. I mean, I, uh, Jawan Johnson, Foster Murrow. I mean, you want me to keep going? I mean, uh, they have the talent to be able to score in the red zone. It, it, it is mind-blowing that they can't get it done. And a lot of that is on Derek Carr and the offensive line. But at the same time, it's also on the play calling of, of, of Pete Carmichael. Not able to score touchdowns. The Saints have scored 20 points 
or more only once this season. That's the 2017 win over Carolina. The inability to score goes back to last season as well. Let me just ask you a, a, a question. In your mind's eye, go back. When's the last time you remember this team under Dennis Allen scoring 30 points? Unacceptable, ladies and gentlemen. Not when you have so much talent at the skill positions. You shouldn't be having these issues scoring touchdowns. You shouldn't be having that period at the end. Carmichael and his play calling, and I talked about it yesterday. After the scripted plays are exhausted, he's had an issue with readjusting after the defense adjusts to his game plan. And this goes back to last season. So, now again, it's a trend here, okay? Peyton, as I said yesterday, would dictate to the defense, right? Keep them off balance. That's not the case with Carmichael. We're not seeing that. Okay? Now, again, last year we blamed it on injuries, right? Last year we said, oh, there's so many injuries. you got to go through multiple quarterbacks and this and that. Man, I can't blame it on injuries this year. I mean, the offensive line played better this week, right? But they've been the main reason for the offensive struggles. The inability to consistently pass protect and be physical in the running game are huge red flags with its veteran offensive line. I mean, Garcia actually came in this week and played better. That doesn't mean anything because, again, once again, teams will adjust. They'll get the film out. They'll figure out, again, if Garcia's going to start next week. Okay, here's the things that we did to Garcia when he, when he was without, with other teams. The inability to pick up stunts, twists. I mean, these are elementary things for a defense, for a, a veteran offensive line that defenses should not be able to dictate at this point. And look, let me say it again. Sean Mazan said it last night on, 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 on the final play. I'm sorry, on, on one of their shows last night. I think it was overtime. And I agree 100% because I went back and looked at the game a second time. Penning played pretty well. So can't put it on Penning. You better start looking at the veterans on that line and their inability to do their jobs. So let's not put it on Penning here. Derek Carr, still not trusting the offensive line. Getting the ball out quicker than he needs to. Okay. Uh, not, not, again, feeling comfortable to step up in the pocket. Not knowing where to step up in the pocket. Not again, and again, not again being mobile enough that when he does feel the pressure to get it out and then get the ball out quickly. I mean, he's not on the same page with his pass catchers. That's an issue. Add his injury down to the mix where, again, you start talking about his accuracy and his velocity. Not there on Sunday. And will this be a season-long issue? Again, not a trend yet. But what we've seen in terms of his, of, again, his inability to trust the offensive line not being on the same page, that's a trend. That's a trend. On defense, the inability to put pressure on the passer. Contain mobile quarterbacks. That goes back to last year. Okay, that goes back to last year. One of the reasons for the two straight losses are, are again, because, again, the inability to put pressure on the passer with four down linemen and contain mobile quarterbacks. For three quarters, again, they gave, they gave Love fits. The last quarter, they allow him again just to be able to roam, roll out, have time to throw the ball, and he picked him apart. Last week, Baker Mayfield looked like Mahomes. Baker Mayfield was a scrambler when he was in college. Saints made him look like Mahomes running around, again, making plays with his feet. Okay, so, again, the d defensive line in weeks one and two we're pretty good, okay? Um, but, uh, uh, again, when you look at three and four, they were bad. Inability to c contain the quarterback. Is it play calling? Is it the game plan? No matter what, for this defense to be successful, they have to be able to put pressure on the pass with four down linemen. Uh, an another issue is, again, dropping into zone coverage and allowing these underneath completions. The loss to Green Bay, pointed to that. 
Now, again, a lot of people, oh, they didn't play to prevent. Uh, they gave Love a lot of time to throw the football, and he picked him apart in the zone defense. The prevent defense, again, when, when you look at Carolina and Tennessee, allowing them to get back in the game, okay, uh, to get, uh, again, that, 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 that's a page of the playbook that needs to be burned. This is a bump-and-run, physical-type defense on the outside, okay? Their corners, their safeties, again, you want them to be, again, in, in, in the receivers or the pass catcher's face. You want them being physical, and you don't want them being in a situation where you're dropping and you're covering an area. Uh, they, 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 they lose their aggressiveness, and they're not as good when they're not playing, again, man-to-man defense. So there's some trends there, ladies and gentlemen. So, no, is it time to panic after 2-2 two and two in the first quarter? Absolutely not. But when you start breaking it down and you start looking at the problems this team is having, and some of those problems still revert back to last season that have not been cleaned up, well, that's an issue. That's something to maybe start to panic about a little bit because if they haven't figured it out since last year, and as I said yesterday, you know, tack, which again was a problem this week, uh, which has not really been a real problem throughout the season, but it was this week. You know, again, the busted coverage, not doing your not again busted assignments, etc. Man, you've been playing, you've been you've been with this system in some cases. The, the offensive system goes back to Peyton. The defensive system goes back to Allen with Peyton, and things not much has changed. Remember, continuity was the big word, right? Continuity. These things should have been cleaned up. You've been in training camp since July. This is October. And I get it. The NFL's now, again, the first three weeks or four weeks of the season is a quasi-preseason where you're trying to get it together. Some of these things go back to last season. You should have cleaned them up in training camp. And you did. And they're coming back to haunt you now. This, this is too talented of a football team to be making the mistakes they're making, to getting physically beat, especially along the offensive line, to not being able to put pressure on the pass with four down linemen, and of course to be getting beaten and beaten the zone defense. It is they have too many skill position players, guys that again that 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 again that would be feared on other teams, that are pedestrian here in New Orleans because again the play calling and the inability to score well in the red zone. See, to me, I thought that was going to be solved. When you look at you go down the list. You know, you tell me you're going with A.T. Perry, Kirkwood, Bowden, okay, and, 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 uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, let me just, you know, I didn't even mention Taysom Hill in, in the red zone as well, who was another weapon. You start going with your backups. You start pulling guys off the practice squad. I get it. These are your starters. Should not be happening. You only get 17 games in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Every game is precious. Division and conference games are even more precious. So when there are trends that in some cases go back to the previous season, those are red flags. And if the media and the fans see it, you don't think the opposing teams are going to exploit it? And they're doing that. See, one of the things is, again, that I loved about Dennis Allen as a defensive coordinator was he could adjust on the fly. And I talked about this last year. You know, it takes a special type of coach to be able to, again, continue to, again, call the plays on, 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 on a game day and still be able to do the head coaching type things that need to be done. That's why I talked about it at the beginning of the season. You know, maybe, again, he needs to give up the play calling. We talked about it last year. 
is he able to do the adjustments and the things that he did because he was only concentrating on one thing rather than trying to be the head coach and the defensive coordinator? Peyton was able to do it. Maybe Alan, Maybe it's not in Allen's wheelhouse. And then the Carmichael thing. Look, look if you're going to stand on the plank with Carmichael and you're walking and, and that's your guy and, and, and you're going to go down in flames with him, well, then you're going to go down in flames. Because, again, there's a trend here. And I, I, I mentioned this last year. Everybody talks about how Carmichael played. Uh, the, the, the offense was, was on fire when, when, when Peyton uh, was suspended and Carmichael had to take over the offense. But everybody forgets it was Drew Brees. In a lot of cases, it was in, the, in those meetings, setting up the game plan, and then also, again, had the ability, as he always did, to kill a play and to move on to another play. How do we know how many plays, again, that, that, again, he audibled out of? We have no idea. We know. They know. We don't know. You don't have that luxury with Derek Carr. He doesn't know the offense that well. He doesn't know the receivers that well. So it's incumbent upon, again, him to be able to adjust on the fly. And, again, one thing that we've seen over the last two years is the inability to adjust after a defense adjusts to what you're doing. And you know that is just part of football. It happens on every single level. Defense sees what you're going to do, and then they're going to adjust to that. You have to be able to readjust. And the one thing you liked about Peyton is when he was in here in New Orleans was he dictated it to the defense on, again, what was going to happen. He kept them on their heels. It doesn't look like it here in New Orleans right now with this offense. And I know he gets a lot of the criticism, but he also gets a lot of the credit when things are going well. But there are too many things that go back to last year in terms of trends now that are still happening in the first four weeks of the season. So is it a reason to panic? No, but it's a damn reason to, it's a damn reason to be concerned. It's a 2-2 two and two record. No, a reason to panic? No. But when the trends go back to the previous season, and there's been no internal solution, then there's a reason to question why the changes have not been made and why it's not gotten fixed. And that's period the end. Okay, it looked like, the, again, except for the offensive line, a lot of it had been fixed in the first two weeks of the season. But remember, film being the great equalizer. Teams that, again, that, 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 are, that, that are scouting you, again, they're seeing what your tendency are, what you can do, what you can't do, what you're doing. The, uh, and, and, of course, they're going to take advantage of it. That's across the board. Same thing with LSU, same thing with Tulane. I'm sorry, same thing with a high school if you've got quality coaches. But on the pro level, with, again, all the coaching the coaches they have on the staff, the analysts, et cetera, that all they're doing is cutting up tape and, and looking for, again, uh, a, 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 possible, a possible way to exploit you? No, you've got to be able to, again, to be able to adjust and readjust on the fly. And that's been a problem with this team. It's a problem with this team at times on defense with Dennis Allen, and it's definitely been a problem with Pete Carmichael on the offensive side of the ball. So panic, no. Concerned, you better believe it. And then, of course, losing to Tampa Bay. Tampa's not that good of a team, okay? You're, on paper, you're better than Tampa. Losing to Tampa at home, at home, again, with, with a putrid offense and a defense that, again, could put pressure on a guy that was, you know, he was, he was one step away from the scrap heap. In Baker Mayfield. Very concerning, ladies and gentlemen. Very concerning. Got two on the road back-to-back. New England struggling, so is Houston. Houston playing a, has a rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Again, in the past, we've seen Dennis Allen feast on those quarterbacks. He didn't do it against Jordan, He didn't do it against Love in, in, the, uh, in, in the fourth quarter. But let's hope again that, that, that they're able to do some self-scouting here and figure out what's going wrong eternally because they haven't done it since last year. 
because these trends remain, remain the same. All right, you're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. Don't forget about my friends over at Burkhardt Air Conditioning, Heating, Generator, Sales, and Service. If you're in the market for a generator for your home or business, then look, watching the weather last night with the cool front coming in, and look, we're all <laughs> saying a novena, right? Okay, let's, let's, uh, we had enough problems now dealing with this saltwater intrusion. Uh, we, don't need a, a, we don't need a tropical event, okay? And, and hopefully we don't have one. But in, in New Orleans, Louisiana, in the metropolitan area in 2023, if you don't have a generator standing by to kick on when the power goes out in your, in your neighborhood, well, then you're, you're going to be dark for a while. And it's going to happen over and over again. And I am living proof. And so are you. It doesn't take a storm. Again, it could be a sunshiny day and the power is going to go out. So if you own a home, if you own a business, it's almost a prerequisite now that you have to have a standby generator or, again, you're going to be without power. If you're working from home, if you have someone with a medical condition, condition or, again, you just want to be comfortable in your home, you may need to be able to go out and get that generator. I did it. Best investment I've ever made in this home. At Burkhart, they do everything for you. They finance that generator if you'd like. They give you a new install quality check after one month. Uh, again, they install it with, again, their fantastic crew that are experts installing these generators. They handle planning, permits, inspection, everything for you. Uh, you don't do anything but, again, decide whether you want to finance that, that generator over time and pick the date they're going to they're put it in. That's it. Again, Burkhardt handles everything else for you. In New Orleans, in Orleans Parish right now, it takes about two weeks to get a permit. Everywhere else in the surrounding parish, it takes about a week. So literally, you call Burkhardt today, and within two weeks, you got that generator in your yard ready to roll. At Burkhardt, they offer you emergency service, maintenance service, have a warehouse fully stocked with all the parts you need. They do it all for you. Increase your property value. Have that peace of mind of knowing that when your power goes out, that generator will kick in. When the neighborhood power goes out, your generator is going to kick in. When, when, again, when there's a tropical event, you can decide to either stay and know you're going to have power or evacuate and come back quickly because you know the power's on at your home. Don't worry about, again, spoilage of food. And, of course, again, uh, making sure that, again, especially if you're working from home, that that power stays on so you can continue to, again, do your business. It's acpromise.com, ladies and gentlemen. Generac Generators from Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. All right, you're listening to Inside New Orleans, brought to you by the Katie's Family of Restaurants, Katie's Restaurant in Mid-City, Francesca by Katie's on Harrison Avenue, Bienvenue on Hickory. All are open right now. Uh, tonight is Steak Night at Katie's. Remember, Mama Mary's Meatloaf available for you every Wednesday at all three restaurants, Katie's, Francesca by Katie's, and also Bienvenue on Hickory. We'll be right back with Sean Mazzana, Fox 8 Sports. Don't move. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for life. 1061 Nash Icon. This report is sponsored by Lowe's. Klein tools are new at Lowe's. Right now, get the new Klein three-piece Modbox mobile workstation exclusively at Lowe's for just $319.94. Because Lowe's knows tools. Lowe's knows pros. All right, good afternoon. Uh, the I-310 northbound approaching LA-48 construction is much better now, and it looks like it's running well. Eastbound three, uh, eastbound Crescent City Connection, HOV lanes is nine minutes, a five-minute delay right now, about a 12-minute ride eastbound side Lafayette to the I-10 merge, so just a little bit of slowing. Eastbound 610 from the split in Metairie across the high-rise, 11 minutes and a four-minute delay. I-10 westbound between Clearview Parkway and Power Boulevard, a little slow right now. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. 
JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue. Open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soup, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportsbeat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportsbeat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportsbeat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can handle at Burkhardt air conditioning and heating their number one priority is treating people right take it from me eric asher it means getting there quickly in an emergency they'll be on time and do a perfect job and it means they promise to give everyone a fair price every time so if you're looking for a better experience from your generator ac company or you just got a big quote from someone else and you want a second opinion let the folks at Burkhardt earn your trust and treat you right visit acpromise.com that's acpromise.com and tell them eric sent you Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Ottawa. Ladies and gentlemen, if your vehicle is out of warranty, why are you bringing it to the dealership? Why are you just throwing that money at the dealership? I mean, do you like the dealership that much? I mean, you got friends, family. What are you doing? You, you find this dealership? Why not keep that money in your pocket? You know, use it for Christmas presents. Go out for a nice dinner at one of our fantastic sponsor restaurants. I mean, uh, you can bring your vehicle over to Southern Tire, and you're getting the same exact diagnostic equipment you get at the dealership. You're getting the largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area. You're talking about wheels and tires up to 30 inches and financing available with all the major brands. You're getting the same ASC certified technicians you get at the dealership. You get at that Southern Tire. And then, of course, you've got a locally owned and operated business. Your money stays in the city. Your money stays in the, in, 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 in the metropolitan area. And then, and then, of course, again, you have an opportunity for, uh, uh, for, for those folks over at, at uh, Southern Tire to take care of you like family. Because, again, it is owned by the Piazza family since 1972. Tony Sr., Tony Jr., Tony's daughter Jen, to Tony's wife, on staff every single day. You'll be able to talk to a Piazza me uh, member of the Piazza family. And, of course, again, those ASC certified technicians, experts when it comes to keeping your vehicle on the road. They're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6. They have Saturday service for you from 8 to 3. And, of course, again, if you need uh, new rims or, you are again, uh, your rims are damaged, you need those repairs, they can handle that for you as well. 504-737-1558 uh, is the phone number. SouthernTire.com is the website. If you're looking for a company you can trust with your vehicle, if your vehicle's out of warranty and in, in charge of a fleet account for your business, Bring it on over to Southern Tire. I trust Southern Tire with my vehicle. You can as well. Southern Tire, Hickory and Airline and Metairie, owned by the Piazza family since 1972. All right, we are back 
Today's program brought to you by the Katie's Family of Restaurants. Katie's Restaurant in Mid-City. Francesca by Katie's on Harrison Avenue. Bienvenue on Hickory. Uh, tonight is Steak Night at Katie's. Uh, again, that is a filet. Uh, eight, ounce, eight ounce filet uh, that is a loaded baked potato, vegetables, and that is accompanied by either Rekha Vaca or Henry Mar- Henrich Gin Martini. Pardon me. That is 30 bucks. 30 bucks. Of course, don't forget, to uh, again, tomorrow night is uh, pizza night. That's in-house. $13 uh, world-famous pizza at Katie's. Uh, they're also serving the, the world-famous Katie's pizza at Bienvenue. And, of course, don't forget about, about uh, Francesca by Katie's and those fantastic family meals that will feed your family a nutritious meal if you're on the go and you'll have even have leftovers uh, again for the next day or later on. That's the Katie's Family of Restaurants. All right, let's get to the uh, guest line. Joining us in the program each and every week at this time is Sean Vazana, Fox 8 Sports. Sean, how are you, buddy? Doing all right. How are you? Doing great, Sean. Thanks for the time, as always. Before we get started, tell the folks about, again, your fantastic podcast, which will be an award-winning podcast very soon, and, of course, uh, your award-winning blog. Uh, tell us how folks can find you on social media as well. Yeah, Sean Fazan on Twitter. Uh, Sean Fazan Fox 8 on Twitter or X. Um, our podcast, we should have a new one up later tonight uh, on the Fox 8 Overtime Podcast YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to like, share. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Um, and then, of course, uh, all of our shows every night at 1035 on Fox 8. Tonight we'll have our game plan show at 1035 as well, just talking about and previewing the matchup of the Saints and, and, and Patriots coming up. A big one, obviously, on Sunday. Yep. No doubt. All right, Sean, let's get started. Let's talk about the Saints' loss to the Bucks, 23-6. to They're now 2-2, two 1-1 two, one one in the division. Uh, Dennis Allen's telling us there's no reason to panic. In my monologue, I talked about, no, there's no reason to panic, but there are some trends that go back to last season that are very, very concerning, okay? Uh, and, and particularly the inability to score touchdowns, the inability to score in the red zone are two of those. Now, I heard you last night, and I agree with you 100%, saying that you felt the offensive line played better, Penning played better. I 100% agree. When I went back and looked at, at, at the game a second time, uh, I 100% agree with that. But they're still having problems scoring the, the, the scoring touchdowns and scoring in the red zone. Is, is that a quarterback issue? Is that a line issue? Is that a, is that a, is that a pass catching or again skill position issue? Or is that an offensive coordinator issue? Or is that all of the above? No, but I mean, of course it's all of the above. It's football. I mean, it's, it's never one guy when it comes to football. It's, it's, it's all of the above. But I mean, you're right. It ain't supposed to be this hard, Eric. Especially this organization that that you know made scoring look easy for so many years uh, under the prior regime. But it ain't supposed to be this hard. It has been an issue. Um, things have gotten uh, concerning because now you're on you know, the third quarterback since, you know, Carmichael has taken over calling plays, and this is the third quarter. This is the one you actually, you know, you put a lot invested in, and, and, and there still seems to be the same sort of inefficient sort of just – they just seem to be stymied a little bit. Uh, so, of course, all eyes are going to the play caller. I mean, I went back and watched the tape, as you did, um, and, you know, there there are a lot of things there. There was there was certainly some, some situations where I could definitely pinpoint on the play caller. There were a couple situations where I could pinpoint it on the quarterback. There were a couple situations I could put it on the wide receivers. Um, so yeah, like you said, it, it's all of the above. The bottom line has got to get fixed, and you could tell from the messaging after the game on Sunday that it's no longer we need some time, time on task, or, or it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's we got to get this figured out. The problem needs to be fixed now, and you know you don't know. I mean, that's what they're saying now. We we talked to them today, and obviously there's a sense of confidence inside the locker room because it is early in the season, but um, it. it, it that talk doesn't get any validity until it actually happens on the field. So, yeah, I guess the jury is still out uh, offensively. Um, I do know uh, the thing that I, I, I think is somewhat encouraging about 
this week in particular, Derek Carr got to practice today. Because when I went back and watched Derek Carr, I saw a guy that looked like he hadn't repped out a lot of those plays they ran because he was he was leaving off the spot too early. He was coming off as a primary too soon. And I got to believe that a lot of that had to do with the fact this was the only that was the only week he didn't necessarily get a lot of practice. He only practiced on Friday. So hopefully the practice reps will help. Um, but all in all, I mean, all of the above, they all have got to step up their game a little bit because this has been – there's too much invested in that side of the ball to be this, this bad right now. Sean, let's go back to Derek Carr. Didn't have the velocity, didn't have the accuracy that we've seen with with, with the shoulder. Uh, again, uh, he's a starter. I get it. Uh, they didn't go to Jameis Winston until it was, uh, again, a mop-up. He threw the interception. Uh, when you look at the, at, at, at the, at the, the game a second time, and, and you just talked about, again, that sometimes he's, he's got the – He's got more time than he believes he has. Uh, again, he's still not on the same page with the wide receivers. How much do you think, again, the not being on the same page with the wide receivers and maybe his impatience in the pocket lent to his uh, his play last week or, again, uh, the injury and, and maybe, again, curtailing his velocity and his accuracy? Yeah, I, I really only saw two plays that really the, the, the injury. Because sometimes, especially that injury, um, there, there are throws where it just kind of becomes a junk throw where it's just like, whoa, where'd that go? Um and it was the two obvious ones. It was the early one to Michael Thomas, and then it was that whole shot, cover two throw to Chris Olave, which um, probably was, was good to, to, to kind of throw it straight at him instead of lead him because of the defense, the way the defense was playing, but it was way too underthrown. There were a couple other throws here and there that, you know, could have possibly, if, if he's answering honestly, may have been affected by, by the injury. But that, that's not the reason. That's not the reason they lost, and that's not the reason the offense was ineffective. It, the, the offense was ineffective. I, I think I already mentioned it. He didn't get practice reps because it looked like he didn't even trust what he was seeing. You mentioned impatience in the pocket. It's probably a good thing. That is carried over from week three because even when they were scoring and up 17 nothing in week three, there was a little bit of that quick to the sideline throw, quick to the check down. Um, that was not there in week one and week two. So that is the, the, the cumulative effect of early season, first two weeks, hits. So hopefully, if you watch the tape and saw the offensive line played better, he has more time, hopefully he can get back to the earlier season uh, trust he had in the offensive line. Because they're not doing anything unless he has that. I mean, there's not. Yeah, I agree. They're not going to do agree. that at all. So um, I, I think overall, um, that, that's where I stand with, with Carr's performance. And look, it was his worst performance. There's no denying that. Right. It's, it's, no doubt. He has to play better. He, he played you know, average at best, and I'm probably being too kind right there. But um, – I, I do think hopefully they've they've pinpointed the issue here and then they can kind of move on because Eric, there's, there's too much invested in this guy right now. I mean, it, right. they they it it has to work with Derek Carr. I mean, it's, there's just too much invested in right now. Robert Smith, who was doing the color commentary of for uh, for Fox on Sunday, continued to point out the wide receivers were not were running lazy routes. They weren't completing their routes. They they again it just it wasn't crisp. What did you see from the press box? Yeah, I saw. I, well, I, I didn't. I saw only saw it once live on the press box. And it was sort of this kind of lazy out and up. Chris Olave ran, and I went back and watched it. I could probably pinpoint three instances where it looked like they didn't necessarily go all the way through uh, when it comes to running routes. That can't happen, Eric. Because the one thing that's really been w- done well at first, even 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 with you know a, a tough game like on Sunday, all those receivers have, have gotten the ball. In abundance. I mean, I know Chris Olave only had one or two catches Sunday, but he's still, I think he's top some team in receptions. They're going mm-hmm. to him. Sometimes it's, the matchups are going to take you in a, in a, in a, in a, to a receiver that you don't necessarily get the ball. That's going to happen. And 
it's sometimes that's a product of a really good player because now all of a sudden you're popping up on tape. I only saw one play where, uh, and you'll see it tonight on, on, on Game Plan in the film study, where Carr could have went to Chris Olave for a big gain uh, in the middle of the field, and he and he, he came off too quickly. And that's what I was talking about earlier. But right. that, that can't happen, Eric, because it's way too early in the season, and those guys have those guys have all had a, had a piece of the action, if you will, where mm-hmm. they, they, they haven't been ignored. I mean, they have not been ignored the first three games of the season. Right. Uh, I want to talk about the defense, and, and I hate to get all over the defense because they played so well in the first two games of the season, and really the third, all the way to the first three quarters against Green Bay. But they were they seemed to be undisciplined. They missed tackles. There were some blown assignments. There were substitution issues. And then uh, more than anything else, allowing Mayfield to be, again, so mobile and, and, and make time with his feet or, again, uh, you know, get, get first downs. In the past, and for this team to be successful, they've got to be able to flush the pass with four down linemen. They got to play man-to-man, sticky defense, and 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 then there's been kind of a lull here the last maybe again five quarters. Talk a little bit about it. Yeah, no pass rush. That that that's that's a that's an issue the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure how it disappeared, but it has, and that's got to get back. Problem one. Problem two, in particular, in the Tampa Bay game, they were just undisciplined, Eric. I mean, like the amount of times I saw a backer overrun a running play or a guy with a with an angle on the quarterback just completely miss. Uh, just, it's almost like they were going too fast. It was crazy. Um, it's almost like they were running a step too fast and it just they got caught. I mean, there's that third down throw early in the game where they get out to the flat at the third and seven and you're supposed to stop them for a three-yard gain and both the Yadam and Werner missed the tackle. It's just it, it's unacceptable. So uh, undisciplined play, um, uncharacteristic of them because they've been a great tackling team. But the bigger issue the last couple of weeks has been the pass rush. you got to rush the passer. You just have to. And uh, Baker Mayfield had a lot of time. And then the time they did get home, he was able to maneuver and, and get out and, and make some play with his legs and make some plays, you know, kind of throwing on the run. And it caught the Saints big time. It really did. But at some point you knew that was going to happen, right, Eric? I mean, at some point you got to be complimentary and you're not going to sure. hold the team to under 20 points. It's just every single week in the NFL. At some point that was going to happen. Sean, and this is a question I've been getting all, you know, really all week long. Um, how much is this is on the coordinators, meaning, meaning again Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael, and how much is this is on, on on the players themselves? Well, I mean, we, we you know we kind of went through the Pete Carmichael. I mean, look, I think that he's in the spotlight. He and look, if it goes, if, if it's not any tangible and there's no breakthrough within the next two weeks, I think the conversation, the serious conversation of even if you don't want to fire him, if you just want to take away play calling and give it to somebody right. else, you can go that route. That's going to happen because that's been consistent for, like you said, Eric, really since the start of last season, just the, the, the just the, it, the lack of identity on offense. Are they mm-hmm. a fast team? Are they an explosive yeah. team? Are they a power team? It just, they just does no rhyme or reason to it right now. Just sort of a scattershot collection of plays right now on players. So that, I think he certainly bears the, the brunt of that, um, and he will. And it, it's going to stay there until something changes for the better. Defensively, I mean, it's hard to really knock the coordinators right now. I mean, you have that run of less than 20 points um, in, in the NFL, which is hard to do. Um, mm-hmm. So, look, that's that's probably – defensively, I think they're, they're in better shape when it comes to that. So I, I think ultimately, when you talk about which coordinator, clearly it, it lies more with Pete Carmichael in the play calling. I want to shift to LSU. 706 yards given up by the defense this past week. Uh, a defense that was expected to be really stout on, on the first two levels and maybe a little porous on the back end. What's going on with the Tigers, man? No defense. One team, one, one local team can't score. One team can't stop them. Um, 
stoppage by some scoring. Did I read that right? It was over 300 yards of passing and rushing in a game. That's unbelievable, yeah. Eric. That's that unbelievable. is unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That is a complete and utter meltdown defensively. Um, that's Saints so under Peyton defense. <laughs> yeah, look, that's their biggest vulnerability. We knew that going in with the secondary. But once again, the lack of a pass rush is starting to creep up a little bit, and you've got a lot mm-hmm. invested in that front there, and it's just not happening. Um, Coverage-wise, the amount of busts that you saw where there's not a defender in the TV frame, the wide TV right. frame, um, yes. is truly – I mean, look, they got one guy running man, one guy running zone, one guy's supposed to switch, one guy doesn't pick it up. You got another guy that, you know, is playing the middle safety in a cover three, not to go X's and O's on you, but all of a sudden on the snap, he stays on the sideline. The middle of the field is wide open. I have no idea what he was doing. He's the middle safety. And then and then when you combine combine that with the fact that you just can't tackle, I mean, it's a catastrophe. And Lane Kiffin is that good of a play caller. I mean, somehow they ended up with a defensive end slash edge pass rusher on a fourth down call on a running back on a circle motion or maybe a slot receiver, whatever it was, that first touchdown they scored. I mean – He's scheming it up, and LSU was no match. They better get this fixed because I'm here to tell you, Eric, that is going to cost them one more game if that don't get fixed, if not more. They're not just going to get out of this and run the table with that secondary. It's not going to happen. Right. But it's so surprising considering the talent they have on that defensive line. Yeah, well, they're underperforming right now, and I think there was some expectations for some guys up front, but uh, some of those guys have – have not necessarily lived up to those expectations and haven't right. necessarily played up to what we thought we were going to going to be. And then, look, man, it just it, I, I don't know what's happening on the back end, but if I'm LSU, I'm just saying, you know what, throw, all, throw it all out the window, let my corners run man-to-man, let's play one high safety, uh, and let's try to blitz as much as possible. At least then everyone knows what they're doing. And you may give yep. up some big plays, but maybe you'll run into some big plays as well. I heard you say that last night, and, and I'm shaking my head while you're saying it. Yes, I, I mean, that, that, that's, that's elementary. That is. I want to get to Tulane before we get out of here. Uh, the Greenies now, again, 4-1. Uh, and one. They're, they're um, a 1-0 in the conference. UAB gave them all they could handle, more than I think a lot of people thought they would. Uh, they got a week off now, and then, then they really jump, jump into, uh, uh, in, into conference play uh, with, again, going to Memphis uh, next Friday night. Talk about the Greenies. Yeah, that's the one, right? I mean, I look, when we look at Tulane's schedule, that's the one we like, okay, that can be a test. And, you know, they're all going to be a test in conference. But, I, look, it was a it was a hard-fought game. It was not easy. It was an early kickoff. It looked like they slept walk a little bit early there. They had to really, really battle. UAB, you know, with Trent Dilfer as the head coach, is obviously going to be well-coached. He's a little emotional on the sideline. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but they were able to get the job done against a team that was clearly talented and was clearly ready to play. Tulane and Tulane. If you're if you're Tulane, be ready for this. Just it, it, it's going to happen week in and week out. I mean, right. it's, it's rare that you can say this, but they're the top dog right now. So, um, got to be battle tested. Got to be ready. Take the week off. Enjoy yourself. It's a good weekend. Maybe some good weather, and then get back to work next week. Hopefully for another win. Uh, was it Memphis next Friday or the yep, week Memphis, from Friday? Next Friday night. Yeah. yeah, in Memphis. So that will that'll be another tough matchup for the for the Greenies. If they win that one, they should get back in the top twenty-five. Absolutely. I would agree. Because, um, I, I mean, you football people know Tulane has – this is not just a flash, right. not a small school. Thing. It's, mm-hmm. Football people know this, this team has players. I mean, maybe as talented of a roster from, from top to bottom as Willie Fritz has ever had in depth-wise. Agreed. So, football people know. So, if they win that game, yeah, they should be back in the mix. 
no doubt. All right, last question for you, just a quick answer. You buying what the Pels are selling? Uh, again, a healthy Zion, Brandon Ingram, and, and C.J. McCollum, they're in the playoffs. Look, I, I've said before, I said it again, I am done celebrating the hypothetical version of the Pelicans. So when it's on the court and they all together, I'll look and say, yes, they should be a playoff team. But I, I'm not here to, to, to spread joy about the Pelicans, what if or what they could be. Until it is, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I do like a little bit of the chippiness and edginess from Zion. I mean, a couple yeah. of my friends who were at media day said he was kind of in a little bit of a mood. I, I kind of mm-hmm. like that because he's done the, yeah. the, the larger than life charismatic smile thing. Now he's a little little mad. I, I think that might work, so we'll see. There you go. Sean, tell us about, again, your uh, your fantastic blog, which is award-winning. We'll, we'll be an award-winning podcast and all the great program in Fox 8, how folks can follow you, follow you on social media. Yes, uh, every night on Fox 8 at 1035, we have a sports show. Tonight we'll have Game Plan at 1035 for Juan Kincaid and myself. Uh, and then the podcast, we'll have that up a little bit later tonight with Basilio Sinclair and myself at Sean Mazan, Fox 8 on X at Twitter. And then my blog, the After Further Review blog on foxalive.com. Thanks, brother. Appreciate the time. Check in with you next week. All right, bud. There he goes. Sean Fazan of Fox 8 Sports. Don't forget about our friends over Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. You'll be using your heater this weekend. As for your living on the North Shore, maybe some folks on the South Shore will be cranking it up. Before you crank up that gas heater, make sure it's been inspected and cleaned thoroughly by my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. They'll come out and do their multi-point inspection. Make sure, again, your heater is cleaned and ready to go. So, again, you'll have a safe heater to be able to utilize throughout the winter months. Again, also, we'll be using our air conditioning. So, if you need air conditioning help, whether, again, it's a new system that needs to be installed, in your home or business, don't sign that contract. You call my friends at Burkhardt. And then, of course, maybe you need service. Uh, Burkhardt has 15 trucks in the field, a 30-minute courtesy call if they come to your home or business. Nate certified technicians only doing the work that's necessary. A company I've trusted for decades, you can as well. Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Katie's Family of Restaurants, Katie's Restaurant in Mid-City. Steak night tonight, Francesca by Katie's on Harrison Avenue. Check out, again, their fantastic pizza, great sandwiches, uh, St. Louis-style deli with New Orleans flair. And, of course, again, Bienvenue on Hickory. Their Sunday brunch is back. New and improved menu that also includes Katie's, uh, Katie's world-famous pizza, pasta, great, great seafood, and, of course, a fantastic menu to boot. Uh, it is the Katie's Family of Restaurants. All are open. All open, ready for you to come in and grab a meal or a cocktail. Do it today. Get on over to one of the Katie's family of restaurants. We'll be right back. Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie's. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Ottawa. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. 
If you're in the market for a quality used car, come visit us at Southern Tire Auto Sales. We have a large selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for every taste and budget. Every pre-owned vehicle on the lot has been carefully inspected for safety and quality. At Southern Tire Auto Sales, we'll only sell you the best used vehicles and we'll never sell you something we wouldn't buy ourselves. Financing is available. Hickory and Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Eric Ash here with my good friend Mike Delahousie at the TikTok Cafe. Mike, I was craving the best breakfast in tech. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, but they were closed, so I'm back here at the TikTok Cafe instead. You know, that's not nice. Come on, man. You know we aim to please. You got to get a better aim, pal. Stop. You know we never close, huh? Well, neither does the morgue, so what's your point? Ah, you unbelievable. You know, you got to admit, we've got the best prices in town. Gluten-free? I think you're missing the point, bud. The TikTok Cafe and the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. Get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti in the heart of the fun. 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. Signet Landing Restaurant in historic West Wego at Bayou Signet. Great food at a great location with Harborview Dining and Southern Hospitality. Serving the best Cajun and seafood dishes for lunch and dinner, like crawfish pie, crab cakes, fried oysters, seafood platters, and much more. Signet Landing, 450 Laracini Street, just off the expressway in West Wego, behind the shrimp lot. For parties of eight or more, call for reservations, 504-900-1901. This report is sponsored by Pfizer. Seems like COVID's everywhere again, but there's good news from Pfizer. This season's updated COVID-19 shots are now available for ages six months and up, and they're designed to better protect against recent variants. Ask your pharmacist or doctor and schedule at vaccines.gov. Sponsored by Pfizer. Crescent City Connection eastbound between the bridge and Earhart Boulevard. We're seeing slowing 13 minutes from Lafayette to the I-10 merge, and the HOV lanes on the eastbound side taking about 11 minutes right now. Eastbound I-10, Elysian Fields to the high rise, eight minutes across the twin spans, six minutes, and 610 eastbound from Metairie to New Orleans East, running nine minutes, and that's about a four-minute delay. Secondaries, Crowder Boulevard at Lake Willow Drive, working a crash. I'm Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. All right, welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Special thanks to Sean Vazan for joining us on the program each and every week. Normally, again, we go into the second hour. My good friend Scott Craig, celebrity chef, would be with us. Uh, he has taken the day off today. He's actually got an event he's, he's hosting. Uh, so, again, we'll be joined by Christopher Dotson of Basketball News to talk about the Pels. He was at, he's been at camp and at, at Media Day. And then we'll finish up with Les East. We'll talk Saints, LSU, Tulane, and Pelicans with him. All that coming up in hour number two. Don't forget, Renee Nato and Gary Smith join me on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports this week. That Again, that is tomorrow already, Thursday. Again, with our live broadcast on WLATV at 1 o'clock. And remember, again, our friends at K at the Katie's Family of Restaurants. Looking for a great place to be able to have your next event. Maybe, again, having an event and you need a caterer. Uh, Got to let you know, folks. Got to do it. Got to uh, uh, give my friends over at Katie's a call. Uh, whether it's Katie's, Francesca by Katie's, or Bienvenue on Hickory, uh, we got you covered over again, the Katie's family of restaurants. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. We'll be right back. I'm up at you. I do what from my tribe. Smoke my beef, my- 
salmonella, and high cholesterol. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Contractors, tired of the runaround when you need an insurance quote? At Dave Mead Insurance, we are an independent insurance agency, so we make it easy to get that quote for your next job. We offer general liability, workman's comp, automobile and property insurance, and we will search over 50 insurance companies to get the right policy at the best price. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMeadInsAgency.com.
hour number two of Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until six, four to six weekdays right here on 106.1 FM on your radio dial. Don't forget about the iHeartRadio app, tune in radio apps, which are free downloads for your smartphone or tablet. Take the show with you anywhere. There are digital platforms. On the World Wide Web at NashFM1061.com and also EricAsher.com. Check us out on our social media platforms at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram, and now on Threads. And, of course, our podcast is everywhere. Anchor, Spotify, our home base on all podcasting platforms. Join us this week for the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports, which will feature Gary Smith of Noel.com and The Wave Report, and also Renee Nato of CrescentCitySports.com. That is tomorrow and every Thursday at 1 o'clock on WLAE-TV and also live streaming on the WLAE-TV YouTube channel. And then here come the rebroadcast. Set your DVR and you'll never miss the show. 6 p.m. on LAE-TV every Thursday night, 10 o'clock on The Deuce. That's WLAE-TV 2. Friday night statewide on Pelican Sports Television at 9 p.m., 10 o'clock on, on WLAE-TV. And then Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on The Deuce, Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television, always at EricAsher.com, always on the WLATV YouTube channel, and always on our social media platforms. This week, again, featuring Renee Nato of CrescentySports.com and Gary Smith of NOLA.com and The Wave Report. Today's program is brought to you by our friends at the Katie's Family of Restaurants. Get out there and enjoy a fantastic meal at one of the Katie's Family of Restaurants, uh, starting with Katie's. Again, the world-famous Katie's open seven days a week, 3701 Iberville at North Telemachus uh, in the Mid-City. Rated number one neighborhood restaurant by Gambit New Orleans Magazine. That is a perennial award. Every single year they're getting that. Also, again, uh, check the text got out on the, on the Food Network's Diners, Drivers, and Dives, and also, again, on uh, on on all our news stations because, again, he is one of the go-to uh, spokesmen uh, for the hospitality industry. But you're going for the food, and the food is fantastic. The menu is outstanding. Uh, you've got award-winning pizza from the Brooklyn Stone Style Pizza Oven. It's only $13 every Thursday night in-house. Um, Louisiana seafood at its finest. Gourmet poor boys. Uh, a, and hamburger that I'm telling you right now is the most underrated hamburger in the city. Uh, fantastic specials for you each and every day. Today had Mama Mary's Meatloaf on the menu. That's every Wednesday. And then every Thursday night is steak night. That is an 8-ounce filet. Also, a loaded baked potato that comes with, a, with uh, again, your vegetable, and then a, uh, also an, a, an accompany with either a rake of vodka or Henry's Gin Martini for 30 bucks. Can't beat it. It, it is a, an outstanding price. The Sunday brunch is award-winning, and now they've extended the hours on Sunday. So they do a Sunday brunch, uh, again, from, from uh, 11 until 3, and then, of course, uh, you can uh, come in and uh, after three o'clock and, and go and, and sample their dinner menu. They are putting more uh, egg dishes now on the uh, on the um, on the brunch menu. Uh, the customers have asked for that, so they're doing that. So again, check out their world famous Sunday brunch, award winning. Uh, lunch and daily specials every day. A lunch and dinner. So they're open seven days a week for you. Katie'sInMidCity.com is how you can find out more. Check out the menu, hours operation, etc. Francesco by Katie's 515 Harrison Avenue. Uh, check them out with daily specials, family meals that, again, that you can bring uh, you can bring home and, and feel really good about feeding your family a nutritious meal, especially that family on the go. Uh, pool boys that are outstanding, what's been called New Orleans' best hamburger, award-winning pizza, and also, again, fantastic muffaladas. Family recipes that come from Scott's mother-in-law. Uh, it's a St. Louis-style deli with a New Orleans flair. Sandwiches and sodas that come from St. Louis. So if you're a person that, again, uh, is from St. Louis or, again, has friend and friends and family in St. Louis and you're jonesing for something from St. Louis, head on over to... Uh, 
to uh, Francesca Bacchetti's, but again, a lot of great New Orleans sandwiches on that menu. Uh, FrancescaDeli.com is how you find out more. Wine and beer are also available. Dine indoors, dine outdoors. It's Francesca by Katie's 515 Harrison Avenue. And, of course, have you checked out the new and improved menu over at Avenue on Hickory? 467 Hickory Avenue. They are open seven days a week once again. Their Sunday brunch is back. They have now Katie's Pizza on the menu, pasta, fresh fish, uh, and, of course, soups and sandwiches, and contemporary crew cuisine, uh, great southern dishes, and, and a menu that has something for everyone. Check it out. D- dine indoors, dine outdoors. Uh, Bienvenue on Hickory. That's uh, 467 Hickory Avenue, BienvenueHarahan.com. All right, the Saints injury report for today is a long one. Uh, Juwan Johnson did not practice again with the calf injury. He missed the game on Sunday. Uh, Lonnie Johnson Jr., hamstring, hurt his himself uh, on Sunday's game. He did not practice. Jimmy Graham had a rest day. Andres Pete, uh, concussion, did not practice. Left the game with a concussion on Sunday. Uh, Ryan Ramshack, rest uh, again uh, for his foot. And knee did not practice. Brian Brzee was out today, who's been playing really good football for this team. He was had an illness. Paulson Adebo was limited with a hamstring. Derek Carr limited with a right shoulder injury. Eric McCoy limited with the knee injury. And Foster Moreau uh, was a full practice day with his ankle. And Jordan Howden with a finger, full practice. So, again, some good news there at the end of the, uh, of the, uh, of the injury report with a few guys coming back and play and limited with Adebo, Carr, and, and, and McCoy, and Morrow, and, and Howden at full, at full go uh, for practice today. Um, again, the Saints are in New England this weekend. They're in Houston next weekend. So, again, two weeks on the road for the Saints. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the, with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Pelicans have said, had their media day on Monday and uh, uh, have, uh, have begun their practices uh, as mentioned yesterday on the program, Larry Nance, Alvarado, and, of course, Trey Murphy all out as the camp starts. Uh, Murphy will be out to at least December with, again, the, the knee injury and, and the surgery repair in, uh, uh, knee. Um, and, of course, uh, uh, biological injection for, uh, uh, for Larry Nance and then the ankle injury that was suffered, uh, again, uh, earlier, I believe, uh, right, right around uh, the World Games uh, for, uh, for Alvarado. To break it down for us, uh, he writes for Basketball News now, does, does a lot of great stuff, has a lot of great stuff that he's getting involved in. He's Christopher Dotson. He joins us on the program now. Chris, how are you? Hey, Eric, I'm doing great. Uh, even better that I wasn't listed on that injury report for the Saints. Oh, my God, between that and the Pelicans, it's getting so long, isn't it? Yeah, it is long. It is long. But, I, I, look, I want to congratulate you. Uh, I've always thought, I said you've been a really hard worker in this business. And it's all starting to pay off for you now. Talk about the uh, publications you're involved in and what you're doing. Yeah, moved over to uh, Basketball News. Been covering this team for years now, freelancing with Forbes, SI. Uh, I seem to move around a little bit just because uh, I kind of want to cover the game in different angles. If you go to my podcast, South Coast Swish, I'm talking to coaches, players. Uh, Bo Estes is the uh, announcer that does the top tens for the NBA. Howard Beck, some bigger names, but also Coach Roy over at Delgado comes on. So I like getting all angles of the game. Basketball News has given me a chance to do that and write mostly features, which will let me look at the team uh, a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more personally than just writing post-gamers and previews. And then uh, hopefully I'll be linking up with this company so that, uh, you know, with all this with Bally, some nights we just don't get to listen to Joel and AD, the best broadcasters in the game. I'm going to start up a uh, kind of like a Manning cast broadcast looking at the Pelicans. Uh, that that news should be out in the next few weeks before, before opening night, of course. Right. Congratulations. All right, you were at Media Day. You've been at practice. 
everybody wants to know. They're seeing the video. They're seeing the uh, the, the the photos of, of Zion Williamson, who looks like he's lost a lot of weight and in shape. What, what were your what were your impressions uh, again from 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 a physical standpoint on how he looked? Yeah, like everybody else going into training camp, he's in the best shape of his life. But this year, you can really tell he means it. Griff mentioned that at uh, you know media day that he, this is the first off season he's really taken to this as a professional, taking the approach that LeBron and B.I. have taken to uh, C.J., Giannis, that have taken care of their bodies. And I think Zion's coming in realizing that, uh, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and that's why the the team, the, the players, all went to the front office, gave their feedback on how the medical staff and the player, you know, performance side was operating. And uh, I think that's why you're seeing it, some of it shake up. And once it, they had those shakeups, you really saw people buy in, and that's why – Guys like Zion have literally been in the gym most of the summer. With that said, again, uh, there is a little chink in the armor here with Trey Murphy being out. Who steps in to, to that sharpshooter role for the Pels, uh, again, as they start the season? He may not be back until December. Right. It's going to be tough not to give the rookies, uh, or rookie Jordan Hawkins, a go. Dyson's going to look in there because he's got the length to play up the way Trey plays up to the four. And I think you'll see Najee really get a shot because his shot is looking wonderful this training camp. He talked about some tweaks he made to his shot. He's out there with Fred all like after practice. I'm seeing some things from Najee that shows that he still had another – he might have another leap to make for this team and really cement himself in the top eight, top ten of this rotation, especially with Trey out. We know what Najee brings just as far as defense, energy – it, those are things Trey was still working on. And if if Najee's hitting his shot, it's going to be hard to keep him off the court, especially if Dyson plays how he's been playing and his shot's inconsistent. Or Jordan Hawkins takes the six months to adapt that uh, he was talking about at Summer League. Look out for Najee. Give me a sleeper. Uh, on that may make this team, you know, EJ Liddell. So I got Sebron. You got, I guess, some other guys that have come into camp. Some guys again uh, that uh, that were uh, that maybe two wayers for this, two way players for this team. But uh, somebody that again maybe the fans should watch as they start their preseason on the 10th of October. If you're not watching EJ, I don't know why you're watching it, especially for the preseason. This is a guy that Trajan said last media day that they would have drafted EJ in the previous draft if he had come out. He didn't. Went to school, nice, sent out for you know a year with an injury, looked great at summer league. It's just going to be tough for all the other guys to make it, but EJ is being a, a developed and molded to take Larry Nance's spot in a few years. Once Larry ages out and his contract expires, EJ's set up for that role. He's doing wonderfully at training camp. I mean, Sebron's great, but he's still one-dimensional in a way. Like, what does he bring and who can he guard in an NBA roster? He's going to go to Birmingham, but EJ, I think, will spend at least – 40 games like half of the season with the Pelicans and he should get maybe 20 games to run especially once you get into the regular season there's going to be some load management we always know there's injuries for better or for worse and uh, I think EJ is really going to he's going to have a chance to get some run I, he's got to go out there and earn it but everything he's shown since summer league and everything you've heard about him being in the gym with Zion they're going to have a nice pairing if he can come off the bench and and really operate with the guys that draw more attention. Coach Borrego is back. Uh, There seems to be, again, a lot of excitement about what he could do for this offense. Talk a little bit about, again, what you believe the changes that we'll see going forward with him now in charge of the offense for the Pels. 
It's a totally different art, watching and listening to how the players talk and how you can hear him during practice, uh, just the clarity that he brings to some of the things he's trying to explain. I think uh, going back to my first year covering the team at full time, I, it was with Alvin Gentry leading. And if you want to look at it as art, as I mentioned, some of the Gentry stuff, we saw he rolled the ball out. It's abstract art. We don't, we, you can't even tell what it is. Sometimes it might be good two or three seasons, but the rest, we had no idea. Put it on the fridge, but it's not worth anything. Watching Borrego out here is like watching Bob Ross. Uh, I think we all know who Bob Ross is. We love Bob Ross. His art, he would start with a decent canvas. We know what this team is as far as Zion, B.I., J.V., C.J. And he's going to add those trees that make it into uh, something, a better picture than what we've seen the last four years. And there's going to be a lot more clarity on who's supposed to be doing what, what their roles are and how they're able to uh, – adapt and grow their game within the offense. I think you're going to see a lot more just the understanding of what people are supposed to do. Uh, it, and just that alone is worth, uh, you know, a, a ton to Willie Green and getting through this season. Um, we've heard, uh, again, we heard in the off season that the Pels were looking for a more athletic center. Uh, there was a lot of talk. They had an interest in Robert Williams III, who ended up going to Portland, the Drew Holiday deal. Uh, we heard within the last day or so we'll, we'll see more of Zion at the five. They brought in Cody Zeller. Uh, I don't know if he qualifies as an athletic big, but uh, Zion may be playing the five. Talk a little bit about the, the center position with Valanchunas, uh, Zeller, and now, again, the possibility uh, of, again, Zion playing more of the five. Yeah, working backwards on that question, Zion at the five, small ball, they've been really stressing that at practice, it seems like. Uh, just getting adapted to it, implementing the system so that they know what they're doing when they're operating small, and Zion is literally the shortest person on the court, even though he might be the strongest uh, going for those rebounds. Past that, JV's going to be JV. I don't think anybody's asking him to change. Uh, I think him and Willie Green have come to a better understanding on how he should be used throughout the season in his 24 to 28 minutes. And then Cody Zeller is just a flyer. If you look at the salary tax and all the implications, most of his salary is being paid by the league. He only counts for $2 million with the minimum here. He's really got to show that he could be more than what's called a station-to-station center. He's got to show that he's got that athleticism to maybe run angle and shoot the plays that Larry Nance was uh, talking about at, at training camp or media day. Sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, if Zeller can show he can be more than just a station-to-station running from a pick-and-roll, but he's now useless until he can get to the low block, it's all that space in between. If he can show he can at least be serviceable for eight to ten minutes, he'll be a steal. If not, he'll have to be shipped out before the the trade deadline. They'll have to just throw something else against the wall and hope it sticks. Let's talk a little bit about Dyson Daniels, who, again, really took over during the uh, summer league and his maturation process and how that may affect him, uh, again, going into this regular season where they, again, especially without Trey Murphy on this team, that he really needs to step up. He does need to step up. If you look at Dyson and Trey, they're about the same size. Dyson's actually got bigger arms. Trey's maybe got an inch on it, depending on if he wants to claim 6'9 or 6'10 and that inside joke on the day that they have going. Uh, but Dyson, he's just got to hit a shot. He didn't hit you know, many of his outside shots at Summer League. He was getting to the rim well. But that's not what he's going to be asked to do with this team. Where, you know, With the JV, that's fine. But with the varsity, we need him getting to the corner. We need him able to guard one through four. He's able to hit his open shots, operate in the pick and roll, and provide spacing. Even if he's not hitting his shots some nights, he at least needs to be in the right spot to to you know give others room to operate. And again, going back to James Borrego, I think that'll be something we do see. It, 
it's just a matter of do we see it in Dyson or do we start thinking maybe we should have took somebody else with that eight pick? Um, will, will he be more of a point guard or will he play more of the off guard? Will he be a combo guard for this team this year? He's got to be off ball or combo. There's just not enough touches for him to initiate unless we're, you know, blow out reserves, fine, get him some reps. But other than that, he's just not shown enough to me to give him that responsibility. I think it'd be tough to throw it on him. It'd almost be unfair considering the other options we'd have on the team. He's really got to learn to operate off the ball and hit his open shots. Until he does that, he'll be a defensive specialist that he may have already maxed out his potential. As far as contracts, you know, it, it, he, he won't get anything above a mid-level exception until he hits that shot. And that's what I want to see from Dyson. Anything past that's gravy, but the defense, we know what to expect there. It should get better. He's not going to be a Herb Jones, but he should be a top 50 defender in the league by now. He's shown that capability. He's got to hit that shot. You mentioned Herb Jones. Talk about his offense. I'm sure it's something he had to work on in the offseason, the ability to knock down that outside shot consistently. How's he looked? Yeah, he's got the green light to shoot. I think you'll see Herb operate more as a ball handler so that it takes some of those shots that the team doesn't want him to take but the opponents want him to look at. They're going to take him out of those bad spots where he didn't even have to think about it. When you see Herb in this offense, he'll be able to just catch and shoot, take a dribble, shoot, or get to the rim because Herb's really shown a lot of growth in his ball handling to me. I mean, if we go back his senior year in college, he played in a cast. It's pretty hard to work on ball handling when you're in a cast. And what he's done over these last two off seasons is really show that he can bring the ball up the court, initiate that way. If he's not the greatest shooter and they're going to space off of him, give him the ball. Coach, Coach Willie Green talked about how they can get the shooters and non-shooters in certain actions where it, it diminishes what the you know, takes away what the defense wants to give you in a way. And I think Herb is going to find uh, he's going to find enough space to get him 12 points a night. And that contract will definitely look like a steal by the end of the season. Kyron Lewis, his his pro career has been stymied by again injury. He's in the last year of his deal. He's got a qualifying offer next year. It's kind of it's kind of you know put up or shut up for him. How's he looked? Yeah, looked good. He's still got the speed that just makes you you know takes your breath away because he's going by you so fast. But he's got to show that he he can use that speed to actually get downhill. There were times last season when they started throwing him in that. If you know where the press box is at, we're looking down the court. You would see Kyra get three, four feet of space, and you could see the rim in him. He just wouldn't see it because he's looking for the pass and being a pass for, first for point, uh, pass first point guard. There's a tongue twister for you. And he's really got to start going out and getting his and being more assertive, more aggressive that way is what I want to see. He's been a little passive, and uh, I think that just comes down to his development. Look at his injuries and then the COVID year. It was really hard for him to develop uh, in the natural experience that everybody else gets. And mm -hmm. he's going to come into his own if he plays with the confidence that got him here. Uh, finally, again, the, the, the other two pieces of the big three, Brandon Ingram coming off again, really not a, not, not a really good uh, performance in the World Games. And then, of course, C.J. McCollum coming off again, uh, an injury from last year. How they're looking? Yeah, everybody says CJ's been the best one in the gym. He's looked great all summer. And B.I., I think he's already put the FIBA stuff behind him. He, he learned there what he can't do, what he didn't want to do uh, as far as being a part of the offense, just standing around and just being used wrong. And I think he's already put it behind him. There's not even really a chip on his shoulder to prove that that's not the player he was because everybody in the gym knows B.I. Unless Zion's on, B.I.'s the best player in this gym 
come playoff time. That's who we want to be leading the team. And as far as his leadership to me so far, this, this training camp and the last few days has been exceptional considering coming off of that experience. He could have just been, you know, okay, let me ease back into this. Nah, B.I.'s come out and said he's still B.I. Um, before we let you go, your expectations for this team this season? I do expect more wins. I think they'll get at least 44 wins. Uh, I'm looking right there at betting that over on Vegas, depending on where you can get the 44 and a half. Uh, as long as they get in the playoffs, Trajan mentioned it, it's a tough Western Conference. Just get in and play the seven-game series. And if we can get that far, sky's the limit for this team. It, I don't see any reason why, if they got in the first round, depending on how the, the, the bracket you know, fell, if maybe mm-hmm. Golden State, Denver, or the Suns, two or the three of the best teams are on one side and the Pelicans on the other, conference finals and then just roll the dice. It, it, you make okay. it that far. Why not, why not dream of the finals? There you go. Uh, Chris, thanks for the time. Christopher Dotson with us. One more time, tell the folks about how folks can follow you on social media and everything you're involved in. Yeah, Twitter, it's Doing It Dotson. Also, I got the South Coast Swish podcast, YouTube, Spotify, anything like that. Also, all the socials are South Coast Swish. Again, interviews with national heads, figures, some high school coaches. Uh, I'll throw out Coach Micah over at Bonneville. They got a great squad this year with them Lucas boys. And all kind of content like that, either on my Twitter, YouTube, or the Spotify account. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the time. As always, we'll check in with you soon. Hey, Eric. Thank you so much. You got it. Christopher Dotson again, Basketball News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget about my friends at Burkhart. Uh, you know, I, I tell you all the way about always about generic generators. I tell you about the, again, uh, air conditioning, repair, and also replacement. I neglect to tell you that, do you know that Burkhart, uh, again, can handle your electrical, too? That's right. You need help with, again, electro. They have an electrician on staff uh, from a simple ceiling fan installation, upgrades on your electrical panel, installing a a charger for your new electric vehicle. Uh, Whatever your electrical needs are, Burkhart can help you. So, again, a full-service company. Also ask about their comprehensive home safety inspection as well. At Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating, uh, generous sales and service, they also have an electrician on, on staff. So, again, if you're looking for electrical work for a company you can trust, Think Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home of business and a company you can trust. A company I've trusted for three decades. That's Burkhardt. Thinking electrical? Think Burkhardt. That's Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, electrical service, as well as generous service and sales. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Injury Lawyer Studios, official injury lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. Call 444-4444. This report is sponsored by Vicks Pure Z's Kids. Pure Z's Kids is mindfully formulated for kids with an optimal level of melatonin to help them gently fall asleep naturally. It's 100% drug-free and available in delicious gummies and liquid. Try Pure Z's Kids tonight. 18-minute ride on the Crescent City Connection. Lafayette to the I-10 merge. Slow between the bridge and O'Keefe right now. Uh, HOV lanes on the eastbound side taking about 17 minutes. And traffic is crawling eastbound 610 between Broad and the I-10 merge. It's an 11-minute ride from Metairie across uh, up the high-rise. It looks like eastbound I-10 from Elysian Fields to the high-rise is 9 minutes. Stalled vehicle, the left lane is blocked right at Downman. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. 
JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue. Open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportspeed is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportspeed is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportspeed Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can handle hi eric asher once again talking about my friends at burkhart air conditioning and heating this is the time of year where you want to feel comfortable and burkhart wants you and your family to be safe that's why they asked me to talk about generac automatic standby generators when the power goes out a generac generator for burkhart will keep the lights on your refrigerator on air conditioning it's all up and running instantly so next time the storm hits don't be left in the dark talk to burkhart about a generac generator visit acpromise.com that's acpromise.com and tell them eric sent you Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Ottawa. Today brought to you by the Katie's family of restaurants. Katie's restaurant in Mid City tonight is steak night. Get yourself a eight ounce filet. Uh, also loaded baked potato, vegetables accompanied by a Henrik's gin or Malago. Uh, I'm sorry, Henrik's gin or uh, uh, Rega vodka, uh, martini, uh, and of course, uh, don't forget also again about the Sunday brunch and the extended hours on Sunday all the way to 6 p.m. Francesca by, by, by Katie's, again, open for you six days a week with a fantastic menu of great sandwiches and specials. Also host of, again, um, uh, the original uh, uh, pregame uh, on Friday nights uh, with Les East and also Jude Young. Also, again, uh, Bienvenue on Hickory, again, with, a, with, again, a new and improved menu that includes, again, the Sunday brunches back, Katie's Pizza on the menu over at Bienvenue on Hickory. All are open uh, seven days a week with the exception of uh, Francesca. Uh, and all are ready for you to come in and get a, grab a great meal. For those that have been tuned in for uh, tuning in for Scott Craig, he had to um, uh, host an event today. He will be back with us next week. Uh, but joining us on the program now from CrestedCitySports.com, one of my favorite guests. He covers it all, does it well. He's an award-winning journalist, has a fantastic book. Uh, he is Les East of CrestedCitySports.com and Saturday Down South. Les, how are you, bud? I'm doing well, Eric. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Before we get started, tell folks about the book where folks can find everything you're doing. Thanks, Eric. Uh, the book is called Donkeys, Elephants, and Giraffes. It's a uh, political novel with some uh, sports elements to it, and uh, folks can get it at all the online platforms, 
Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, et cetera, or they can just Google the title, Donkeys, Elephants, and Giraffes. Uh, folks can find my other stuff at uh, CrescentCitySports.com. I had something from Pelicans Media Day on Monday, something on the Saints uh, from the game on Sunday, and uh, I cover LSU for SaturdayDownSouth.com. Let's uh, let's start with with LSU again. Uh, historically bad on the defensive side of the ball, over 700 yards given up. Um, offensively, again, just a, a juggernaut. Uh, but a, a lot of us, myself included, really surprised because I really thought again the front seven would really carry this team with the amount of talent they had, the the, the transfers coming in. Uh, again, I, I I was speaking to Mike Scarborough from TigerBait.com yesterday. He was talking about, and several correspondents have talked about the loss of their defensive line coach, which really has stymied the growth of the defensive line. Uh, but again, nevertheless, again, putting, giving up that kind of yardage to again uh, to, to Ole Miss, that's not winning football. You're 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 covering with Saturday down south. See you on Saturday night. Yeah, that was uh, really bad. Uh, one of the worst defensive performances in the history of LSU football. Right. I think uh, Mike makes a valid point about the loss of the defensive line coach. Of course, that doesn't excuse what's happening, but it probably is a factor in some of the problems they've had. I was surprised at just how bad it was the other night, and, and I was struck – by how many missed tackles they had. Now, some of those came late when they were obviously exhausted because they'd been on the field so much and trying to chase down ball carriers who had broken free. Uh, But on top of that, I saw a lot of instances where players were taking bad angles and and a variety of Ole Miss ball carriers took advantage of that to get into open spaces just because clearly they, they took bad angles. So, you know, a lot of blown assignments. It looks to me like uh, we saw this with Bo Pelini's defense, that it, it's, it must not be simple enough for the players to play naturally because there are blown assignments and they look tight out there. And that was a problem for a good portion of the problems they had um under Pelini is that we kept hearing that it was too complicated the players were thinking too much they weren't reacting and that that's kind of what it looked like to me the other night because they they have enough talent to to be better than that probably to be much better than that so you know I think there are a lot of factors in it but I think the coaches have to look at at uh shortening the playbook and and making things simpler for these players because they don't look comfortable playing what they're playing right now Bless uh, on defense. They played a lot of players, uh, a lot of a lot of young players. Uh, Welch, Stamps, Harris on, on the back end. They finally put Weeks back in at linebacker. Is some of the issues they're having uh, because again the inexperience that we're seeing, even some of these transfers that, that have that have come in, uh, that they're maybe not familiar with the house defense, and, and they're having issues now. When when you, when you look at the game, are you seeing that? Yeah, I think some of that is true, and I, I think the primary reason that they played so many players on the back end is that they've had so many problems on the back end. They're trying to find true. four or five guys they can count on in the secondary, so they've given a lot of people opportunities there. But, yeah, when you talk about uh, players not feeling comfortable in the defense and, and having missed assignments and being slow to react – 
that's going to be even more of the case with guys who are new to the system. The guys who were here last year shouldn't be having as big a problem. So, yeah, I, you know, I think the, the inexperience and the lack of comfort in uh, House's scheme or major factors in what's going on, but it, it's it's still really hard to fathom how they could give up 700 yards. Even though Ole Miss has a lot of talent and Lane Kiffin's yes. a great offensive coach, it's still hard to fathom that. No, it is. I, again, especially – look, I mean, just looking at a depth chart, you see the talent. You see, again, what these guys were rated coming out of high school. Some of those guys have had some experience here at LSU, and you wouldn't think it would have been as bad as it's been. But thankfully, the offense is a championship-type offense. And Jaden Daniels, again, his maturation process has been nothing more than miraculous. What you saw last year with the things that he was, wasn't willing to do, was maybe fearful of doing. Now, again, he throws the ball over the middle. He's patient in the pocket. He runs when he needs to. And, of course, his accuracy has been uncanny this year. Talk a little bit about Jaden Daniels. And, again, the announcer said it on, on, on Saturday night, and I agree. How he's not in the conversation from the Heisman is beyond me. Yeah, well, I wrote before the season that, that I thought he had the potential to wind up in New York as one of the finalists for the Heisman. And I, I still think – I think the way he has performed is is totally consistent with that possibility. Now, if the team uh, does not play better than it played on Saturday, then their lack of success is going to prevent that from happening, no matter how good sure. his numbers are. But, yeah, he's one of the best, very best players in the country. There's no question about that. He's a true dual threat. Uh, mentally and physically, he's uh, at a, performing at an extremely high level. He's got a lot of talent around him, and they're figuring out how to take advantage of the talent they have at wide receiver. And uh, he's delivering the ball, as you mentioned, extremely accurately. And uh, he's been everything LSU could have hoped for and probably a little bit more. Let's talk about Tulane. They are four and one. They go into their bye week. They have a very difficult game against Memphis next Friday night. That's on, uh, I believe, national TV. Uh, that is again their uh, a conference game and, and and one of their biggest tests when you look at what's left on the rest of the schedule. Uh, Pratt coming off that injury, but again the the, the the defense has been has been outstanding as always. Uh, and and look, it's hard to find uh, it's hard to find a chink in the armor when it when it comes to what Tulane's doing right now. Talk about the Greenies. Yeah, they're, they're they're playing really well, and I, I think what you said about the defense is really important because, you know, when Michael Pratt was hurt, the defense kind of carried them, and uh, if Pratt is not quite the player uh, he's capable of being when he's healthy, if this injury lingers, I, I still think the defense can continue to have the team playing at a high level, even if he's not 100%. And if he gets to be 100%, all the better. So, um, yeah, I, I think they are a very complete team. They're a very well-coached team. And that game at Memphis could well decide the conference championship. You know, Tulane was picked to win the conference. I think the conventional wisdom was that their biggest competition was going to come from Texas San Antonio. That, mm -hmm. That's clearly not the case. They haven't had their quarterback, uh, and that's probably why they've been held back. And Memphis, I think, has outperformed expectations. So I, I, I 
think Memphis is not only their, their biggest test at this point, it's probably uh, going to go a long way toward deciding the conference championship. And I think Tulane's very capable of going on the road and winning that game. Yeah, I would agree. And, and as I mentioned earlier to, to Sean Vazen, who was our earlier guest, they win this game next Friday night. They'll be hard-pressed not to be back in, 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 in the top 25. They are deserving to be in the top 25. They win next week on the road. Yeah, I haven't looked at the, the votes in the last couple of weeks. I know after the loss to Ole Miss, they were still getting votes, but they were way, way down in, in terms of um, the, the total points compared to 24 and 25. But I'm sure that, that they've moved a lot closer to the top 25, and if they win that game on TV, on the road, yeah, that, there would be a good chance – assuming some opportunities open up at the bottom of the poll, there would certainly be a chance for them to get ranked again. And if they aren't, they're probably going to get ranked soon thereafter because they're going to keep winning and other teams in the heart of their conferences are going to start losing. So if they win Friday, I think they're going to be back in the rankings, if not immediately, shortly thereafter. Uh, 30th right now in the AP. Uh, they had eight votes this past week. So, again, uh, uh, concurrent to what, what you were just saying. I do, I do want to move on to the Saints. Uh, look, uh, uh, Alan's saying don't panic. It's only two and two. Uh, I talked about it in my monologue today. Now, there's no reason to panic after the first quarter of the season, but there are trends that go back to last season on some of the difficulties they're having. Again, especially on the offensive side in terms of scoring touchdowns, uh, scoring in the red zone. Uh, the offensive line played better this week, but again, they still had their struggles. The biggest surprise is on the defensive side of the ball, where they have not been able to get uh, get a consistent pass rush since the fourth quarter of the uh, of the Green Bay game. Uh, and, and of course, uh, again, uh, again, the, the, this not playing very well in the zone defense as well. When you break this team down after a quarter, what have you saw? Well, you know, I think it's uh, similar to last year's team, although the first two and a half games were really encouraging that they were going to be a significantly better. Uh, and then Derek Carr got hurt, and then they had the meltdown in the fourth quarter at Green Bay, and then they played poorly last week. So all of a sudden, they went from looking like a much improved team to looking like the same team. And uh, the defense, I think, overall is better than it was last year. And it was pretty good last year, especially down the stretch. But the recent lack of a pass rush and the injuries in the secondary are somewhat concerning. I, I don't think there are long-term losses in the secondary. And I think they have too much talent on the uh, front seven not to be able to generate a, a decent pass rush. So I, I would expect that to get better. And they're going to have to carry the team. Uh, at least for the time being, because the offense has so many problems to work out. The offensive line, I agree, was a little bit better last week, but it's still not where it needs to be. I, I think there's a natural evolution with, with Derek Carr and a new system and new players around him, um, you know, trying to um, get comfortable in, in a new situation. And certainly the shoulder injury didn't make that any easier but the total lack of scoring on the offense goes beyond that i mean they've only scored four offensive touchdowns in four right. games blake groupie has scored more than half of their points so uh they have a lot of problems there i still think if the offensive line plays to the level that 
their investments in it suggest it should be able to. I think they can be a very good offense or at least a good enough offense to win the division because of the talent they have at the skill positions. But I'm not sure the offensive line is going to do that. And if the offensive line doesn't play consistently well, then there's a very low ceiling for that offense despite the um, skill players that they have. Right. Fans are calling for Pete Carmichael to, again, uh, give up his play-calling duties. You've been covering this team for a long time. What are your thoughts? Well, I understand the concerns. I don't know uh, changing play callers four games into the season. First of all, I'd like to ask them, who are you going to put in that position? I I would assume Ronald Curry would be the heir apparent, and uh, he may someday be a very fine coordinator in this league, but I think he hasn't done it in the regular season, and to put that on him or anybody else uh, once the season's underway uh, seems to me to be counterproductive. Um, I think Pete would be one of the first ones to say he's got to do better. He's not, he's not afraid to say that. I've said it before, uh, but he still has to do it, uh, and I think he is part of the problem, but I think there are several problems. I think the offensive line we already talked about, that's certainly one of the problems. Uh, I think the injury to Carr was a complicating factor. Alvin Kamara missed three games. So what you've had is Kamara and Carr on the same field for one game, and Carr was playing with a bum shoulder. So, you know, there are a lot of things contributing to this, and uh, Pete Carmichael is one of them, but he's not, you know, Changing coordinators not only would not solve all of the problems, it might exacerbate the situation because it's just difficult for anyone to take on that responsibility at this point in the year and expect the offense to improve. Yeah. Uh, final question for you. Uh, you had a chance to see the Pels, and again, uh, their their first game is on, is on the 10th of October. Just impressions on, on, on media day and what you've seen at practice. Uh, well, I haven't actually been to practice, been uh, tied up with the Saints today, but I was okay. at media day, and uh, and I was kind of struck by uh, the forthrightness of the front office, especially, uh, and that being David Griffin and Trajan Langdon, um, because they were saying, in essence, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially they said, you know, with all the injuries they've had the last two years, they're, they've done everything they can to, to try and mitigate um, the amount of time guys miss because of injuries, but they can't take the approach that if we get lucky with health, then everything's fine. You know, they admitted that we don't know what the ceiling is for this group. We think it's very high, but we need to have everybody healthy and playing together so we can find out if our evaluation of this group is accurate or not. And if we get better health and we don't perform as well as we think, then we have to reconsider whether we need to make major changes. And I thought that was very honest, saying that, you know, they're not convinced that this group is as good as they think it is because they haven't had a chance to see them together for any significant portion of time. So that's uh, ties into something you and I have talked about before, that this yes. is kind of a make-or-break year for this group. Mm-hmm. Agreed. How does Zion look? Again, the, the, the photos, the videos show him and look like he's in real good shape, like he lost a lot of weight. You saw him uh, up close and personal. How do he look? Yeah, he looks like he's in good shape. 
Um, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Certainly, uh, just he was in uniform when I saw him, and he, he, if he weren't in NBA shape, you would have been able to tell. Sure. And, uh, the amount of time that he's put into the gym over the uh, summer suggests that he should be uh, raring to go and play at an all-star level as long as he stays healthy. Let's hope for that. Uh, it'll be something, again, that uh, is going to go a long way in this team's success this season, no, no doubt. Les, thanks for the time. Always enjoy you coming on, on both uh, the TV and radio shows. Tell the folks how they can follow you on social media and everything you're involved in. Don't forget about how folks can grab your book. Thanks, Eric. Um, they can follow me on Facebook, and they can follow me on uh, Twitter X or X Twitter, whatever the hell it is. Uh, at less underscore east, uh, crescentcitysports.com, saturdaydownsouth.com, and donkeys, elephants, and giraffes on all the online platforms. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate your time. We'll check in with you soon. Thanks, Eric. There he goes, less east, crescentcitysports.com. Uh, and Saturday down south. Sign us sign a service agreement with Burkhardt to give you the peace of mind of knowing that Burkhardt is monitoring the life and efficiency of your air conditioning heating system. Here's some of the benefits. They will contact you to let you know when it's, when it's time to uh, schedule your fall or winter or spring or summer inspections of your AC or your heating system. You get priority scheduling. That means the emergency service. You move to the front of the line for service. You get 10% discount on that demand emergency service. And because Burkhardt is monitoring the life and efficiency uh, of your AC system, it's going to prolong that equipment life and it's going to operate safety and it's going to reduce your energy bills. That service agreement with Burkhardt is a great way, to, again, to keep your um, system uh, uh, running like uh, and humming. Um, contact Burkhardt today at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by our friends at the Katie's Family of Restaurants, Katie's Restaurant in Mid-City, Francesca by Katie's on Harrison, Bienvenue on Hickory. Uh, remember, all, all the restaurants are, are open for you right now. Bienvenue on Hickory and, and Katie's open seven days a week. Francesca uh, open Monday through Saturday. Get out there and enjoy a great meal or cocktail at one of the Katie's family of restaurants. And for those of you who look for Scott Craig today, uh, unfortunately, Scott had to um, handle a uh, 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 an event over at one of the restaurants, so he did not make it. He will be back with us next week on the program. We'll be right back. Hi, Eric Ashwood, celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie's. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Ottawa. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system, and you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. I'm here with my good friend Mike Delahousie of the TikTok Cafe. What'd you say to Eric? Hey, did I ever tell you have like the perfect face for radio? No, Mike, did I ever tell you that you have the perfect 24-hour diner? Hey, bud, no, as a matter of fact, you haven't. That's because you don't. Come on, man, you know that ain't nice. And uh, neither is your help. Oh, man. Then why do you eat here so often? Well, my wife says that I'm a glutton. For punishment. The TikTok Cafe, where the video poker is always hot, 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 Causeway and I-10, better known as the intersection of E. coli and salmonella. 
At Southern Tire Auto Works, we do it all. Whether it's a simple oil change, wheel alignment, preventive maintenance, brake repair, installation of a custom exhaust or suspension system. If you need repairs on climate control systems, cooling systems, electronic or electrical systems, we are the experts. At Southern Tire Auto Works, we are truly your one-stop shop for all your automotive needs. Hickory and Airline in Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. Get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti in the heart of the fun, 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. Signet Landing Restaurant in historic West Wego at Bayou Signet. Great food at a great location with Harborview Dining and Southern Hospitality. Serving the best Cajun and seafood dishes for lunch and dinner, like crawfish pie, crab cakes, fried oysters, seafood platters, and much more. Signet Landing, 450 Laracini Street, just off the expressway in West Wego, behind the shrimp lot. For parties of eight or more, call for reservations, 504-900-1901. This report is sponsored by Vicks NyQuil. When your cold keeps you up, you need NyQuil Severe Honey Flavor. Powerful relief with a dreamy honey taste. NyQuil Severe Honey Flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever. Honeylicious. Best sleep with a cold medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. 18-minute ride on the Crescent City Connection. Lafayette to the I-10 merge. Slow between the bridge and O'Keefe right now. Uh, HOV lanes on the eastbound side taking about 17 minutes and traffic is crawling eastbound 610 between Broad and the I-10 merge. It's an 11 minute ride from Metairie across uh, up the high rise. It looks like eastbound I-10 from Elysian Fields to the high rise is nine minutes. Stalled vehicle, the left lane is blocked right at Downman. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6, weekdays 4 to 6 right here on 106.1 FM. Coming up next is Ken Traham with All Access. Josh Hill is going to be his guest, uh, so stick around for that. And as always, want to thank our guest today on the program. Uh, again, um, we've got the uh, coming up at 6 o'clock. It's the Saints Hall of Fame show live from Signet Landing at uh, uh, in, West, in West Wego. Uh, again, you can join uh, Ken Trahan and uh, Josh Hill. Uh, and, of course, they have great food, guests, giveaways. Saints Hall of Fame show is presented by CrestCitySports.com, and it's right here on 106.1 FM. Also want to thank our guest, uh, Sean Vazana, Fox 8 Sports. Also, uh, Christopher Dotson, as well as Les East. want to thank Katie's and the Katie's Family of Restaurants for their uh, sponsorship. Uh, of our of our uh, third of our Wednesday show, and of course, again, all the sponsors sponsor our program. Go to ericasher.com for slash to the spot sponsor our program. Uh, click on the icon of your favorite sponsor, it'll take you right to their website. Thanks for your support of our sponsors. Thanks for the sponsors' support of our program. Thanks to Rudy back at studio. Thank you for listening. My name is Eric Asher. Have a wonderful evening. Now, again, we'll send you out to uh, CD8 Landing in West Wego uh, for again uh, the Saints Hall of Fame show with Ken Trahan and his guest Josh Hill. I'm Eric Asher. Have a great evening. From the dog catch to the governor, that includes the mayor. They all got to go.